0: Date, 2,506 March the 31st, 2000
1: Reading Before the advertised speaker could speak the audience stood and asked him this question Since the entire subject and idea of enlightenment and awakening is a product of the mind we ask you sir Where is one to look for enlightenment but to the mind? The speaker rubbed his chin and seemed to reflect on the question for a bit, then looked out at the awaiting throng and said, does this mean you want a refund? Moral, while place may have its humor, when the backdrop has been re juxtaposed, been de juxtaposed to the point of unexpected clarity, no one in Capistrano need fear a sore throat. Yes, indeedy, the place does have its humor. Case in point, there was once a man who was a speaker who, was, who would also be his own audience. He finally merged the two roles and found the results. Hilarious. He says it was actually enlightening, but he didn't want to frighten anyone by saying so. <laughs> how it is when you still think that there is some special faraway trick or method required to achieve the goal. This is how it is. They told one man that he needed glasses and he asked if he could wear a hearing aid instead and they said, okay. <laughs> now this is not April Fools' Day yet. <laughs> in case all of you people are trying to put me on pretending you don't get any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in the life of a man seeking the goal is funny. Well, once he gets overthinking that they're tragedies. <laughs> yeah. A perspective a perceptive man dec- declines to wrestle with thoughts for he knows that even should he win, still is he pinned. The brain decides that it's asleep. The brain decides that it should awaken. The brain gets frustrated in an effort and mad at itself for failing. Hey. Who else has the brain got to push around except itself? As regards what's going on, those of ordinary mind are like men in the dark with their eyes closed. Those who've experienced awakening are like men in the dark with their eyes open. Only those who understand what awakening is go further. You can live in a dream and not know it, or through complex efforts, have a periodic awareness of living in a dream. The step after that, requiring even more simplified efforts, is to realize that your awareness of living in a dream is itself a part of a dream. (laughs) Remember, no one can give you anything because no one has taken anything from you. The idea of living in a dream and of not living in a dream all comes from your brain. To look anywhere else to understand the situation is to waste your time. You can be in the dark with your eyes closed or you can be in the dark with your eyes open or you can relentlessly look at the source of all of this. One man gave his name gave his brain a name. Really, he gave it its own separate name, Claudius. He says he realizes that doing this is ridiculous, but he says it seems like the least he could do, seeing as how it's done the same for him by giving him the name I. (laughs) Which he says is just as ridiculous. Legend says that the greatest school that ever existed dedicated to achieving the goal had an unusual characteristic. It denied that it existed. Without a doubt, on this orb, the strongest of creatures is words. Just see how easily they toss about even the heaviest of men. you should not noticed it. just tossed you about if you were paying attention and following what I said, they talked to you about Does that mean none of you <laughs> ever wanted to be in the circus when you were a kid or see it on TV? I'm not sure exactly what they call it, but the, the tumblers, and one guy, would they had this little kind of backrest, and he would get on it, and with his feet stuck up in the air, And then his cousin or somebody would jump on top and curl up in the ball and stuff, and he would, you know, run his feet and twirl him like a ball. You know, spin around, toss him up, and catch him. That is what words, I submit, do to us. If you you don't watch out, they throw you up on their feet, they lay on their back at their leisure. They're never in a hurry, they always got time for you. And they just lay there, and you start thinking. You get caught in thoughts. And here it is, they're on their back, and they're going, just like this. It's rolling you around and you're just, you're just you know, maybe having serious thoughts who knows what and you're some kind of little ball and they throw you up and they catch you and they do you on one foot and they spin you around some of it's dangerous but you don't even notice perhaps I got scared to work. It's hard to tell anymore back to the reading your first years in trying to awaken when you don't really know what it's about, is like speeding around a racetrack without a car. (laughs) If this was not so funny, it would be sad. If this was not so sad, it would be funny. If this was not so irrelevant, it would be enlightening. If this was not so enlightening, it would be better left unsaid. Gentlemen, cut off your engines. Oh, Squirrel's a tire changer. Now I get it. Well, is this a coincidence? I forgot I wrote this. There was once a man who somehow had gained the reputation of being the world's master juggler. And a young boy came to see him seeking instruction. The juggler replied that he had always refused such requests but said he would take on the lad as a student if he would follow these directions. First, go away for 20 years, and do not even try to juggle, but apply yourself to thinking of nothing but juggling. Then come back and see. The young man left, and 20 years later returned to the master, who asked if he had followed the instructions. And the young man admitted that he, he was never able to think of nothing but juggling, but said he reckoned that he, that he now thought about juggling more than anything else in life, And the master juggler nodded and then said, okay, now go away one more time and come back to me when you're able to never again, never again think about juggling. And even though bewildered, the young man left once again. Some 30 years later, the master juggler happened to run into the young man while visiting a distant village and asked him if he had fulfilled the final condition of not thinking about juggling at all. And the now not-so-young man looked greatly surprised and admitted that he had forgotten all about their previous relationship, and the master said, Ah, now you can juggle. Uh (laughs) (laughs) One man was a decent sort, honest, intelligent enough, minded his own business, and yet in private his shadow would tell of how unfairly was he treated by this otherwise decent, intelligent man. Shocking. Simply shocking. A boy asked his father, can a man be said to see his own true nature if he can see it, say, only every other second? And his father nodded yes, which startled the youth. And he said, I am much surprised. I guess that you would say that such a man does not see his own true nature. And as Papa responded, well, his nature would be of a man who can see it only every other second. One thing about opening your eyes and leaving the dark room is that out here on the open plain, there's nothing left to see except your own eyeballs. There was once a community of monks who had a biovolans reconversion machine which kept them awake. But if anyone asked them what it was and they attempted to answer, it stopped working. For eons have those striving for the goal proclaimed as a truth that must be realized quote, all is transient. But a better telling of the matter would be to say that everything is emotion, motion, but is going nowhere. One man says it's finally struck him that, for instance, you'll never be rich or famous unless you have a very strong, almost overwhelming desire to be rich or famous. He says he's now toying with the idea of applying this realization to the matter of waking up. One man lived next door to an Echo Canyon, and everything he thought he would hear played back at him from the canyon. The man not only lived by the canyon, the man was the canyon. Those who haven't yet caught on to what's going on see boundary lines everywhere. But if the secretly hip were to ever speak, they would say, I ain't got no damn surveyor. I don't need no stinking transit. I ain't no damn surveyor. I don't need no stinking transit. When the brain is in its normal mode, bedazzled by its own operations, forgetful of its role as creator of one... Of the world it now perceives When things are thus The brain sees separations everywhere Separations that are But more of its own mental inventions Like the man I mentioned above Who believed that he lived next to an Echo Canyon When in fact he was the Canyon And was fooled only because his brain Claimed to see a distinction Between the man and the Canyon Ask yourself Just who is the brain fooling? Well, I mean, besides you. All right, it was a trick. This is April Fool's. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face anymore. I just wrote these as a joke. No, oh, wait a minute. That was another batch. I, I brought the wrong badge. Damn and I read 14 pages before I realized it. Who's the joke on? you realize I just made that up. Brother. Well, you remember how it is when people lie. Told you about that. <laughs> well, I, but but you know I did tell you that I just made up that thing about them doing testing and surveying back to the reading one man called together all of his different selves who he could lay his hands on and said to them look face it how you feel determines how awake you are you may not realize it but it's true you may not even like it but it's still so now how's about each and every one of us trying to keep this in mind okay Every time I mention this I know people either hate it or love it. I've been doing it for many years. And it's always like On one planet all systems devoted to achieving the goal carry this written notice. Quote, individual results may vary. Call our 800 number for further details. Yeah right like such a place really exists one father told his son it's okay when you're young to have an imaginary playmate the problem comes when you forget that you made him up and start trying to get him to change his ways not so funny now is it of course you're on the verge of knowing what's going on You look inside and you go, I don't know. See, if you can still answer, not so funny, huh? Point that out. If you think, well, yeah, that's kind of humorous. No. You're not there yet. Or if you say, Oh, you're right. That kind of squeaks on your toes. Like the reading, have you noticed that under certain conditions, certain people are more harshly critical of what other men say than of what they do? If so, have you further considered why this might be? I don't mean to stop. I'll never get back to this probably. Uh, Just that one sentence little item and I have neglected for years to get on that because I was afraid that it would be superficially worth no more than almost reading it. But I'm going to tell you what, that has been a very, that's been a banquet, has been the past for me, is that simple fact that constantly people, and it's of no particular type, it just, we're back dealing with the environment, the circumstances, but if you look around, there are people, ordinary people, sometimes uh, world figures, at least people who are in the secondary world are important enough to have a public forum, And they are railing against what some other person said, another politician, a very common example. And they're getting red in the face and talking about on a moral basis that sure we have partisan politics here between the Whigs and the Tories, but my God, did you hear what Lord so-and-so said? And you're aware of the fact right then of what I'm saying, that under certain conditions, men will be more critical of what another person said than what people do. That is, at that very moment, out in the streets of London or wherever city it is, there are muggings going on, there are people being slaughtered all around the world under some sort of dictatorship somewhere, being misused, but that quite intelligent, reasonable, sophisticated men will display more anger more moral outrage, more intellectual criticism. But across the spectrum they just get incensed over what someone else said more so than over what people do. Which even if I stopped them and pointed out we talked in a second, I am sure they'd go, Well yeah. You know people people who create uh who engage in horrific acts against their fellow man certainly they should be and certainly I would condemn them more than I would just some political opponent uh, making an outrageous statement yes i would but that wasn't the point i was talking about something else (laughs) well i know they would say that but what i'm saying is people constantly engage in what i'm pointing out to you and they never notice it they do not stop and take it into account even amongst themselves like i'm overdoing this if i was going to get this while he's making the speech an ordinary man does not think to himself that uh, i'm getting I'm giving this too much emphasis if I'm going to get this upset about something it should be about the unholy behaviors in which other men engage, not simply what they say. I found it to be a smorgasbord. You can dip into it in all kinds of ways. It's just consider well, mm. You can't look for criticism of people doing it or condemnation, but consider the brain is doing it for some reason. Back to the reading. One man counted every word that had ever been written regarding enlightenment and decided that if he could write at least just one more word than all the old combined ones, that something extraordinary would happen to him. And you know what? Something down there did. Ordinary intellectualism plays no part in a man catching on to what's going on, while the proper investigation of himself produces a special blow to the head which knocks him over. For every idea, there's an opposite idea, and for that one, An opposite one also. Not the same one that it was opposite to, you notice. You have begun to experience a prolonged taste of being awake if, let us say, just for instance, you have a great love for gardening and can look at a particularly beautiful rose and not think of its name or history. The next step is to be able to do this in regard to you. In that the term being awake is so meaningless and distractive I will offer yet another verbal lemming thereof. To be awake is to be unnaturally stable. The kinds of men still debating the proposition that men themselves contribute to the reality they perceive are the kinds of men running the world. If this fact alone isn't frightening enough to open your eyes, then combine it with the fact that the world is doing just fine. Then take another look around. I want to be sure that my writing did not cloud that. What it's saying is that the kinds of men who are still arguing over, debating the notion that's been proposed thousands of years ago that men, in some way, create, help create, contribute to the reality that they perceive. So I say that those still debating that, which I was inferring with a bit of sarcasm, people still arguing over that, still wondering over that, are the people running the world. And then I said, you know. If, that's not frightening enough, which is a bit of humor, but to get you looking a certain way, if that's not frightening enough, to think that men that know no more than that, that's what I'm insinuating, I going to make sure you're clear, Is a bit of willful irony thrown in for me saying, if that is not frightening enough, that men who do not know any more, then to still debate Do we contribute, do men contribute something to reality as they perceive it? That's the kind of people running the world. The world leaders, everybody. Ordinary people, they're running the world. My God, if that doesn't frighten you enough, then come back with the fact that even though they're running the world and they're at that low level, everything's doing fine. Put all that together and then look around one more time. Men whose brains are hypnotized by their own operations perceive life to be something outside of them, like a jungle full of undergrowth, vines, and dangerous creatures. All in all, a resistant challenge to be whacked at, trampled down, destroyed, or pushed out of the way. Out of the way of man. Those who know and can see know this to be an illusion caused by the brain, an illusion that serves man's physical life well enough and one that mentally most men accept. A few, however, pick up a kind of outsider's hobby and try under a variety of labels to free their brains from its stupefying, unanalyzed fascination with itself. Believe it or not, but a man with just routine vision, if he turns his attention in the appropriate direction, can tell the difference between an object and its shadow the distinction between a noise and its echo. And above all, he can realize that differences and distinctions do not exist. Except, of course, in that little private world, your brain is made up. The more you see, the more you must struggle to see, at least you lose the sight you already have. And finally, a man went to a reputed mystic with these words Quote, Many say that you are the smartest man alive and know everything. Is that true? And the alleged mystic said it was.
0: <laughs>
1: then the man said, Well, I want to ask you a question. And the apparent mystic said that each question cost $100. And the man asked if he would take a check or credit card, and the mystic said, Cash only. <laughs> So the man drove to the nearest, to an ATM, then returned with a hundred U.S. dollars cash, handed it to the mystic, and asked his question, quote, "'What is the most astounding thing "'that has ever occurred in this universe?' And the mystery replied, "'The appearance of one who would ask such a question.'" The man looked bewildered for a moment. Then his face brightened, and he said, "'Oh, so does that mean me personally?' since I'm the one who asked the question? And as he tucked the money in his pocket, the mystic replied, okay, if you like. And as the man drove away, he thought, a hundred dollars. Man, what a bargain. Uh, I want to bring up not sure exactly where to take it because it's one of these again that just the sentence itself when I realized this uh, it was a I'm running out of cliches it was a big deal I didn't use that just the sentence Well, when these kind of things hit me I, normally I put words on it as I point out to you because normally I, I, I assume I'm going to repeat it You people, mainly. But it was this. Uh, I won't give up whatever the setup was that took me there, but I realized that everything is in motion. But nothing is going anywhere. To take the idea, whether it's becoming at all interesting to you, or motivational to you. The idea of man having an environment. My old equation from years and years ago of I plus not I equals everything. That needs to be bunched up. That needs to be alumized. Needs to be shrunk up. The idea that there is any difference at all between you and the environment that there is any difference between what's going on outside of your skin, literally, and what's going on inside your skin, to believe that is to be asleep. There's nothing else to call it. Stupid, dumb, but to be more mystical, that's to be asleep. Now, Where I would consider that it would seem to me that some of you might get going with it is to look at it this way. That a man, that is your brain. Under ordinary conditions, either perceives, generally, that it is being active, and the environment, cf. Comparably speaking, relatively speaking, that your environment, and your environment is what your brain says it is. You got to get that. I don't want to talk about this forever, I brought up Wednesday, but when I say your environment, uh, you've got some sense of your environment. I went through a whole thing Wednesday about it could be you know, described as this room. You could describe it, and it varies from second to second. As far as I'm concerned, it seems to be the same as far as I can tell the rest of you, everybody else. Your environment can be, and no one analyzes it or thinks about it, but your environment could be this room. But then, what if a stranger came in? Somebody walked in and s- sat down in an empty chair next to you, your sense of the environment would change. Your environment would then be maybe a three-foot diameter circle around you. That now this person is part of your environment. They are now of consequence. You now you're cutting your eyes over. Perhaps you just instinctively slid your chair away from them as soon as they sat down. A person's brain, and now I'm not just speaking about physically, of course, because the brain is constantly making such judgments, and it would have been your brain below the cortical level, uh, I would suggest, most likely, below the cortical level, under the example I just made up, is what would make you slide your chair away from the person. You know how common that is. And we're talking about not enough. We're talking about just a, a half an inch, they just sit down next to you, and you just go Oom. and you just scoot, you just raise your little buttocks up, and you just scoot it over a half an inch, it's like it's gonna mean something. We could try and describe that psychologically, which would have theoretically be above the cortical level, and we could make up some shit. Which is everybody called on by now that all the psychology is made up is why I quit picking on it. Now I picked on psychology for a long time. Now I picked on religion for a while, trying to get people's attention. But there's nothing to pick on. It's spitting in the wind when the wind is your imagination. At any rate, I would suggest, under ordinary conditions, forget any psychological things about. Well, you're a very shy person. If somebody gets very close to you, you inadvertently slide. that your parents used to lock you up in a box and beat on you and laugh at you. And so, therefore, you're somewhat skittish around anyone you don't know. Of course, I guess that'd make you very skittish around people you do know. But at any rate, unless your parents were strangers. That would explain it, but at any rate. But I would suggest it was the kind of thing that would just happen because you can see dogs and animals do it. I mean, your dog will do it, you know, you're his best friend. You're the leader of the pack. If your dog is laying down, just half snoozing, maybe you drop dropping the floor next to him, they will normally move. They don't slide their chair, but they will <laughs> They'll just normally pull away. Animals, I'm saying it's below the cortical level. So I'm not, we're not even talking about that. I'm talking about something else. The two ways that you can look at it is your brain is either considering itself to be active. It's in motion. And the environment, relatively speaking to it, is motionless, or the environment itself is in motion, and the brain considers that the man, which is really the brain thinking about itself, because again, I'm not speaking about physical speaking physically. So the brain can cons- perceive that the environment itself is in motion, whatever you consider the, whatever the brain considers to be the environment at that moment that things are going on within three or four feet of you, or it could be behind you, it could be the whole room, it could be you just look out on the street, and there's some sort of action going on that your brain perceives to be movement in your environment. And it would perceive itself, comparably, relatively speaking, as being not in motion. All of it is an illusion. And the illusion works out this way, that the brain has the illusion that either it or things out there are, if you use quotation marks and you're thinking of this, that either it in its motion or the environment in its motion is, quote, going somewhere. now I refer you back again to the one sentence I said I found such a big deal that everything is emotion there can be emotion but everything is really is emotion but nothing's going anywhere because we all know from a scientific view even that chair cherishing there is emotion at the atomic level it's emotion but it's not going anywhere and you know that ordinary people know that but I'm saying that it's an illusion brought on by the brain, and remember, we're not talking about physical activity per se. It's not limited to that. The brain mixes them up, is why I brought out the uh, two possibilities of looking at it as being that the environment is still and the brain's in motion, that you're in motion, or vice versa. There's no such thing as those two choices. But I was to try to get you to go and to see that either way you look at it, from either perspective, it is an illusion. It truly is an illusion. Not theoretically, not because I say so, not philosophically. Where can anything go? For things to go anywhere. There's a an difference between motion. Because we could say the whole universe is in motion of some kind, even though we're not physically aware of it. Right now we know the planet is spinning. Not only going around in its orbit around the sun, but it is spinning. It's some ungodly thousands of miles per hour. We don't feel it, but we know that we are in motion, the planet's in motion. But even though the planet's in motion, right now we're sitting in a chair, we're not going anywhere. Then you can go back to the and say, well, we are going somewhere. We are traveling at the same rate as the planet, whatever, I can't remember, 122,000 miles a second or a minute at any rate. We're in motion, but you're not going anywhere. There's a difference. And if we were just ordinary people and somebody thought I was bringing this up for some pseudo-scientific reason, some crackpot idea, they'd go, you know, everybody knows that. Everything's in motion, but it's not going anywhere. You can't say the universe is going anywhere. There's no way to say that. We don't know whether it is or not. There'll never be any way to tell unless somebody gets outside the universe or unless the laws, as they're now called, of science are broken, and something can travel faster than light so that we could see outside of this no one's expecting it, but let's assume that the easiest way the most factual the most really scientific way to tell if the universe is going anywhere is you'd have to get away from it and of course there'd have to be some other universe or at least a tennis ball floating outside the universe so that you could look at it and then look at that how I many people are good? that wouldn't do there would have to be two tennis balls so that was a scientific test if you got outside the universe and now you floated and we don't know what it would be let's say empty space again even if you got inside the universe you couldn't tell if it was going anywhere and I said well if you had another object then you could tell That had to be, you know, this whole huge, you know, universe, 16 billion miles across, light years across. That compared to a tennis ball, that you at least have to have this little insignificant tennis ball here beside it to tell whether it was actually, you know, moving. Now, I was going to wait longer and see if anybody raised an objection. Even that wouldn't do, is what I was saying. You'd have to have two tennis balls. You gotta have three objects to tell if one of them's moving, <laughs> which brings you back to metaphysical speculations. I if... ah, don't never mind Don't speculate metaphysically. Don't speculate. <laughs> Open your eyes and look, and then you don't have to speculate. But at any rate, it creates the illusion that is at the heart of what me and I assume you and everybody else is called being asleep and being the deluded is it living with this impression that things are going somewhere creates there's several other ways to put it I assume this will cover it all for you that it seems as though life things are going somewhere or that by, th- by things going somewhere things mean something that life means something or else it wouldn't be going anywhere And it's a short step from that if you're a decent sort of person is then you're constantly under the pressure that you should be (laughs) doing something to to help along the cause or at least carry your share of it as we all know no decent sort of person no matter their religious or cultural background it is not is not an aspect of being a decent person, never has been to say that life has no meaning and it's not going anywhere and therefore, you know, what the hell do I care I'm going to lay here in the sun and, or lay here under a tree and hope that some food falls in my mouth if not, and I really get to starving, maybe I'll go and try to find some Maybe I can steal some from somebody else when they're not looking. That is not, and you understand there was humor like the one tennis ball floating next to the universe. Culture and religion has nothing to do with it. Speaking of scientific laws, let me do one more to give you, if anybody wants to take this, I was going to recommend it as a little something to do anyway. Uh, having to do with the impression, the brain's sensation that you, which is the brain shaking, behind that invented personality, that invented mask that it uses, that there is a difference between you and not you that there is a distinction between you and your environment. Uh, it is commonly said, written by authorities, such things as, quotes go something like this, that however life came about you know, from inorganic but at any rate, however, it goes something like this, quote, this is safe, I'm on firm ground, scientifically. It says, quote, no matter how life came about, it certainly did so by way of valid scientific laws. Do, do I have to drag it out any further? It's just... There is speculation. There's arguments still going on. And I'm not saying any of this is because it's all just secondary reality. But there are uh, constant arguments. There's a rebirth of scientific debate over the validity of evolution as it's been taken to, as it's been perceived scientifically for the last hundred years. Serious voices being raised, uh, new questions being brought up. The more that physics has uh, narrowed down reality into the subatomic level, seems to have triggered it, combined with greater knowledge of the cosmos. That from both ends, it seems to turn back on some people's minds, and there's begun to be debate over the idea that life came about through some, you know, through some. Uh, of the basic, whatever they consider to be now through observing the cosmos, of the first elements after the Big Bang, of how these inorganic materials finally has produced, at least in one place we know of here on this planet, human life, and all of the ideas and the, what they've tried to do of having and you know, running electricity and pretending it was uh, lightning hitting what they used to call, a couple of decades ago, the cosmic soup that they thought was the elements that were here on the planet. But anyway, they're trying to explain how did it go from being inorganic, lifeless matter into life, arguing back and forth. And, but anyway, and now it is, this is just a commonly accepted idea beyond all the debates. I'll repeat again, that they say no matter how, no matter the details of how life came about, even though we may not know the exact details, but no matter how it came about, there's one thing that we know for sure. This is science speaking in general nowadays. We know this, however it came about, it did so by way of acceptable, accepted scientific law. Worry about ideas that uh, alien spores came here from meteorites. The idea is, and it, it calms the waters, it's almost irrefutable to say what I just said, which is a, I'm quoting things I've read, I was close, I'm not quoting exactly but them saying that no matter how exactly life came about, however it did so there's one thing for sure, it came about by way of acceptable, real, you know, recognized scientific law do I have to finish this? yeah, I know I do I don't want to because I just feel like I'm going to be disappointed that nobody's going to fall on the floor and their head explode. Or at least your eyes. Maybe your eyes will brighten up. All right, what they just said, that life came about, no matter the details, but however it came about, it did so by way of recognized scientific laws. Okay. Here's the missing part that they'll never get. As life was coming about, I know what that means. As life was coming about, that is the environment, before life was here, the environment made men, and that made men create, recognize, valid scientific laws. (laughs) Does anybody get it? And it's a lot more than plays on words. And as you know, it's not me trying to top science or to poke fun. But it all sounds so right. That it sounds like that they're on the right track or at least intelligent, insightful men. Because sometimes they'll say this, we're not attacking a religion. Science is completely apart from religion. We are simply stating the minimal facts that however life came to be here, there's no doubt any longer. No one, no sane person, they say. You know, I'm not blaming science. This is human intelligence, on my speaking, the year 2000. Just a general, supportable, defendable, almost unassailable statement the way they couch it. They just bundle up real tight like a hedgehog rolled up <laughs> waiting to be juggled on thought's feet. <laughs> but they say however life came about however it came to be there's one thing for sure it came about by way of acceptable recognized scientific laws okay the environment makes man come up with these recognized (laughs) acceptable valid scientific laws (coughs) when I say the environment now I'm speaking life where they were using life to have a life came about. Uh, well, I have faith in all of you. Your eyes are going to bulge out because you. Let me tell you something else. Now I started this for a second. All the kinds of things that seem to be foolishness, uh, astrology, uh, the idea of. Karma, slice, rebirth. What's the other great one? Feng Shu, or you know you, what, How can you pronounce it? Has anybody ever heard it? You know, what I'm talking about. It's the. I think they blame it on the Taoist, because that's what I like about Taoism. No one seems to care. <laughs> I have never heard a so-called Taoist priest raise any objection. Somebody can you know come by and spit on a Taoist temple or say Taoism sucks. And I've never heard—I don't know of any account—way off the subject, isn't it? Probably. But at any rate, it's the idea. There are people now, well, they always have been, that will come and they lay it, They walk around your house, you know, and feel the vibrations and, you know, look at the warts on your ass. And when they look up at the sky and they tell you, that people who do it in, in Japan supposedly before they build a new office building. And that they will take some feng shuiist they will come out and go, no, no, no. They'll look at the blueprints, and they'll say you're going to have to turn this building at two degrees off parallel to the street. And that supposedly they will spend a million extra dollars, whereas they were just going to build it right against the sidewalk on some main street. Anyway, that's all of that stuff is a weak reflection of what I'm talking about. I mean, as silly as astrology sounds, in that no one of any intelligence, and I'm not talking about even mystics, but as you know, no one of any intelligence, the scientific community as it was, which represents the human brain working at its most dialectical, duly-based, scientific, rational manner, thousands of years ago, when people were already proposing astrology, People of intelligence, it's ridiculous. Where the planets were when you were born is ridiculous. And it is. It's not worth talking about. Except for this. There is a modicum of reality to it. Again, not enough to worry about. But you are the environment. And of course, I don't know how they got on that. Yeah, I do know how. I was going to say, I don't know how they got stuck on this thing about the the minute you were born, where the planets were. I do know why, because that's the only way you can make a buck out of it. Literally, because you've got to narrow it down. If it wasn't that, you'd have to say, "I'm getting a little off." This. Well, I'm not. I'm always talking about the mind. Does anybody understand? They would have, they would have had to pick out some stable time period in astrology instead of it being where the planets are. The the moment you were born, it could be where the planets are on your twelfth birthday. Would've been just as valid. Same thing. Or at least pick out a date where it's old enough that the person coming to see you probably has a job and an income, is the point. A little validity, to to expand it, why I said uh, they made the mistake and really fucked it up, made themselves look idiotic by picking out a birthday, but that's why they had to do it, would be simply to say that there is a modicum of reality to the idea of astrology, but it's ongoing. Because where the sun is in relationship to the earth Can affect the way you feel Where the moon is can affect the way you feel It can affect your blood Ebbing and flowing And the whole thing about the environment The fun shui uh, The rebirth All of that has Here's what it amounts to It is a weak reflection of the brain's awareness Of the effect the environment has very weak, it's as much as men care to do but it's absolutely ridiculous groundless is astrology it's not astrology is actually from one view, is a lot more valid than psychiatry analysis religion again I repeat it's it's not valid enough to be of any significance any useful significance but your environment is constantly in motion and your environment is you. So when the plant's moving around, to say it has no effect on you is ridiculous once you see it. <laughs> i repeat one more time. It doesn't have enough effect to be of any meaning. That's what's the real ridiculousness. That's the people worrying about the effects of the planets on their life. And you go, do you ever look at your brain? What's going on? Well, no, I'm not well. Well, I'll I look at my chart and sometimes they'll say something about my thoughts when I have it and here we are again I'm a psychologist I want to study man bring in some more rats go do some more surveys I thought you wouldn't understand man now don't bother me Look, look at this chart the woman only charged $300 but she hand tinted it look she's got all the planets in just the right place and oh God I look at this and it's amazing but it's kind of attractive I usually put it up on the wall I wouldn't have paid $300 for it yeah but it tells me so much about me it's ridiculous and it's not ridiculous the real ridiculousness is thinking that the environment has no effect on you but the real 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 ridiculousness is thinking that the environment is something separate from you another one I point out earlier that for many years when I've ever used it and not in public I used to do it if any people ever noticed I would always work it in it's kind of my little private thing to point out that no matter the kinds of intellectual approaches and how you had to relentlessly try and hold on to your own attention and bring your mind under control still the fact is how you feel is what determines how awake you are (laughs) now I just keep talking but if I just pause for a second it's not half and half but there'd always be a segment of people (laughs) here and there that would ah I don't know how I discovered this and I'd look up and everybody else anybody who didn't go ah would kind of their eyebrows would no real big deal would just kind of like I don't think I like that And I'm sure some of them really didn't like it, especially people who are involved with certain kinds of would-be mystical systems I'm aware of. I'm sure they found it offensive or that they thought, well, he's not as smart as he thinks because that's exactly what I'm overcoming by trying to self-remember, to be self-observant, to be mindful is you've you've got to overcome that kind of baser, that sounds like a religious person. You can call yourself a mystic, but like I've got to overcome. You can't go by how you feel. You can't serve the Lord <laughs> on the basis, well, I don't feel like it today. You gotta go to church, you gotta go to temple by God when it's your time to go. You don't go, well, I don't feel like it. <laughs> you can say it, you can deny it, or you can say you don't like it. But you're an idiot if you don't understand what I'm saying, that the way you feel, the way you feel, don't ask me when, don't look up the stars, don't go get your chart cast, don't have somebody read your handwriting to tell you how you feel. Well, you're the kind of person that probably has deep feelings. They're right. You're probably a person that, your feelings probably change sometimes. Damn, are you good. How you feel determines how awake you are. And you can say, Well, I'm working on it. (laughs) What I like is, I'm sure some people say, Well, I've overcome that. (laughs) I I wouldn't sit on a bus next to that kind of person. Uh, At any rate, how you feel is the environment. Anyone who says that they're responsible for how they feel, they're a step lower down the mystical evolutionary ladder than those who say that they're responsible for what they think. Which, of course, I have just now covered all of humanity because people, remember though, it's obvious, everybody knows this, but I put in a news item Wednesday, if you don't notice, everybody operates by this uh, dual kind of standard though that all ordinary people, the brain, attributes, they place everyone else under the cloak of having freedom of will. They hold everyone else by that standard, that you're responsible. Now, you said something to me that was insulting. You know, it's too late to apologize. You knew what you were saying. You're responsible for what you think. You're responsible for what you do. Do we not have freedom of will? Are we not men? And, of course, then, each individual person who says that, all you've got to do is be cornered be criticized, question yourself. And even if you don't verbally respond, even if it's self-condemnation, what do people, what's the explanation of everybody? Be it the pope, the prime minister, the president, you, your mother. It's where you don't know the conditions. You don't know what the conditions were when I did that. And I'm not just making sarcastic fun of that. That is an acceptable explanation. And oftentimes people volunteer. I'll tell you what the circumstances were, you're right. I regret that I behaved that way. That is not my normal mode of behavior. I don't normally say such as that. I don't normally act that way, but you do not know the conditions. In other words, the brain, there's no doubt about it, the brain knows this. The brain knows that the environment is as much responsible for what's going on as it is and I'm playing with words and yet it holds other people to the standard of you've got to struggle against the environment you can't use the environment you can't tell me that uh, you just didn't feel good you can't don't tell me that you were under pressures at work and I made you you blow off the handle and insult me and say what you said we're all under pressure No, that was inexcusable but you will excuse. Your brain will excuse itself. But it's not actually an excuse. It's the brain, when you excuse yourself, like, well, you don't know the conditions. Now, when I hollered at you the other day, don't 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 compare the two. Because you say that you're under pressure at work today. We're all under pressure. I work too. But there was, there was no excuse for you saying what you said to me. But don't bring up what I said to you last week. Because now you remember last week. That's when I had just come back from the doctor, and I was waiting for that, and plus you remember my mother had been sick. And Plus I was afraid I was about to lose my job, so I, I regret I said that to you, but don't compare the two. That's your brain. Not just trying to weasel out, which it is doing, from an ordinary view, but it is absolutely, in its own way, acknowledging the fact that the environment is me. The environment is me. Me as the environment, I can't get away from it. And yet, under better conditions, under better circumstances, the brain makes us say and believe otherwise. And it's easy to see, because that's why I point out, not to criticize people, ordinary people, but we hold other people to the standard that you you can't let the environment, we call it conditions normally, you can't let the environment Make you behave in such an uh, Untoward manner toward me Or in just such an untoward manner period. You can't do that And it's the brain just lying through its teeth In case you didn't know it had choppers Just lying course, I like the brain It doesn't have to face up to it It has you doing it It puts the thoughts in there And you take the thoughts as being you You go Yeah they they, they shouldn't have talked to me that way there's no excuse just them saying whether the pressures of work nah, no, not as friendly as we've been not as long as I've known him or her they they can't get out of that and it's the brain just lying well again, making you do it of course all you gotta do is refuse keep your hands clean just refuse to accept the fact that the brain is you of course, then I always like somebody to go. Well, who does that left me being? Well, we're gonna have to stop there. I don't. We can't go into that. <laughs>